Dominus Vobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Ioannem. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This I know. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Verbum Domini. Take a moment, please, and make sure your cell phone is turned off. Apaganos teléfonos celulares, por favor. I've mentioned it to you before. If somebody arrived right now or later in the Holy Mass, even until the final blessing, they would not fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. Why? What's that about? Well, the Gospel. We just heard the Gospel. It's an essential part of the Holy Mass. It can't just be skipped. Um, the, uh, but there is a Mass after this one at 8 o'clock. You know, think about it. Uh, for years and years, I never made that announcement. I started making the announcement when I saw people coming to church kind of like tag. You know? Come into church. Okay, been to church. You know, it, it, it's almost gotten that bad. Not here. Not here. But how would people know? No, no, one, no one ever spoke about it. The, the, anyway, it's an, it's an interesting point. Either the gospel is a part of the Mass, or it's extra. Well, it's essential. It's a, a factory um, factory uh, uh, equipment. Page 4. Um, yesterday was the Feast of St. George and St. Adalbert. St. George is the patron saint of Pope Francis. Before he chose the name Francis, his name was George. Jorge Bergoglio. Um, the uh, we had uh, a lot of confessions yesterday, uh, three hours, and same thing here today, almost three hours today, and um, a, lot of, a lot of confessions. You see that thing at 10 o'clock every night? Really, really good attendance. Um, this is great. Um, we start, usually we start at 9.55 p.m., and before 10 after, we're through. So... Uh, well, what is that? Well, we, I mentioned it last week in the bulletin, so I'm not going to go into it, but it's every night. Um, it's a great way to cap off the night. Uh, then you see on page 5, tomorrow's the Feast of St. Mark, the Evangelist. He wrote one of the Gospels. Um, Tuesday's the Feast of Our Lady of Good Counsel. It's also the Feast of two popes from the early church, St. Cletus. He's also known as Anacletus. And St. Marcellinus, also known as Linus. So you're going to hear... Um, in the Roman canon, Linus, Cletus, Clement, oh, those guys, yeah. Uh, then there's the uh, Wednesday, St. Zeta, she is not the patron saint of macaroni. The, uh, in Italy, she's very popular, and uh, you ought to look into her life, she's a very interesting saint. Uh, Thursday is the feast of three saints, St. Saint Louis de Montfort, John Paul II, took his motto from the um, writings of St. Louis de Montfort. Uh, St. John of Beretta Mola, she was a wife, a mother, 
a medical doctor. She died about the time I was born. And then St. Peter Chanel. Uh, St. Peter was a martyr um, evangelizing Oceania. Also, I didn't put it in there, but on, on Thursday, April 28th, well, April 28th, I'll say it that way, April 28th, five years ago, um, Our Lady of Guadalupe, that image, arrived here. Oh, yeah, I'm celebrating. I want to scoop up all the graces for our parish. Uh, and I told them when they ordered, uh, friends of mine ordered it from the Basilica in Mexico City. I said, you watch every date um, about, her, um, about her arrival and then framing. It'll be significant. And I, I have not been disappointed. So five years ago uh, this week. Then um, Friday is the Feast of St. Catherine of Siena. It says O.P. I mean, she's a Dominican, Order of Preachers. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas right here in the black and white. He's a Dominican. He's dressed with a black cape and a white habit. And then um, Saturday is the Feast of our first Dominican Pope, Pope St. Pius V um, in 1571 with the Battle of Lepanto. You see that on the cover of the bulletin. He was Pope at that time. He didn't wear, he didn't always wear the black uh, cape, but he just wore the white habit, and every Pope after him has uh, followed that tradition. So it traced back to Pope St. Pius V. <coughs> if you haven't gotten your novena in, um, uh, page 8, you can still get it in. Page 9, here's that book I mentioned last week. And uh, I thought I would write it out. You know, on, on radio, Catholic radio, the one who's worst, the, the worst case about mentioning books and never telling you the name of the book again or the author, Al Cresta. I think we need to get, get a petition and drive him out of Catholic radio. Oh, that was a great book, uh, Bob. Um, and I just, I think it was the most important book, Bob, I've ever read. Thanks, Bob, for the book. Okay, we're out of time. Yeah. Never mention the name of the book or Bob's last name. The, uh, but uh, anyway, I think there's a 12-step 12, a 12 program I can get into about this. Uh, I just need to stop listening to Al. The, uh, um, there's a, a book, Our Lady Guadalupe and the Conquest of Darkness. I really think that you ought to get it. Look, it's, here's the catechism. Um, you know, 500 pages. Here's Our Lady Guadalupe and the Conquest of Darkness. Just over 100 pages. Three years from now, when we have the 500th anniversary of the, uh, of the uh, 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 conquest of Mexico, CNN and so many others are going to be saying terrible lies. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you get ready? It's not the catechism. It's not huge. Um, and uh, anyway, I'm going to come back to that later on. There's the information about uh, our nightly rosary procession. You know, June the 15th, we're going to start year number four. It's amazing how fast three years go by. And three years from now, it'll be the 500th anniversary of the conquest of Mexico. Mexico's part of North America. I checked before I came over. Uh, you can't think of America without thinking of the conquest of Mexico. It's, it's kind of foundational. It is foundational. So... Um, the, um, uh, the pilgrims came uh, 101 years later when the pilgrims were shivering that first winter um, there were already five European level universities up and active in Mexico but they don't count because it's Mexico 
Yeah, Europeans were teaching at the universities in Mexico. Amazing. Eulogies at, funer at funerals, I think they really belong. There's a real need for eulogies. You just have to find the right places. I heard Father Paul said, bah humbug, I hate eulogies. No, I, I didn't say that. They have, they have the, their place. Um, letting the funeral go two hours because there's an hour and ten minute eulogy? No. I don't believe in cussing for eulogies, using impure material for eulogies, or saying things in a Catholic church that are against the Catholic faith. Yeah, I'm a real stickler, huh? You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't put up with that anyway. I've heard all of those things at Catholic funerals um, in eulogies. Uh, page 10, uh, Earthquake in Ecuador. There's a lady from our parish, Sister Kira Lum. She's the daughter of Joe and Kathy Lum. She belongs to the religious order mentioned there. And when uh, she got the news of those earthquakes, that earthquake in Ecuador in mid-April, uh, some friends of her died. Then other, other of her friends, they were injured. Sister Claire Crockett, she's just 34 years old. Sister uh, Kira Lum, she knew all of those sisters. So there are a couple of links there if you want to look into it. Might interest you. Might interest you. Then uh, the Adoration of the Mystic Lamb. That's the picture right in front of the altar. If you haven't been to that website, you, you don't know what you're missing. Today's second reading, last week, going all the way back to Easter, the second reading has been about that scene. And that's just one scene out of this huge altarpiece. Um, in, um, in Belgium. And then the, the uh, cover of the bulletin, uh, Pope St. Pius V, on Sunday, October the 7th, 1571, he was talking to his accountant, probably talking to his accountant, trying to figure out how he was going to pay for um, these ships. They, they got a bunch of ships together in Europe to send them out to look for the Turks. The Turks had conquered Constantinople and turned it into Istanbul. And they said they were going to do the same thing to Rome. They were going to take this down off of St. Peter's Basilica and put a crescent moon up there. So the Pope asked all of Europe to, to pray the rosary. He was a Dominican, remember? They always wear a rosary on their belt. And he had out, they had outdoor rosary processions. And uh, so they, they sent a navy uh, from Italy out to look for the Turks before they could invade Italy, to, to get them before they invaded. Um, on October 7th, uh, 1571, the Pope was thousands of miles away. And uh, all of a sudden, he stopped talking to his accountant. He went over to the window, opened the window. The window's about the size of our front doors. And he, there is St. Peter's Plaza. He started telling the people what he was seeing thousands of miles away. It was like having a big flat screen, right? Um, the Pope is seeing, well, you can kind of see it, the ships, if you look closely, you can see the ships and Our Lady. Um, the, um, what you don't realize is that uh, this is the Pope who established October 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, also known as Our Lady of Victory. This statue right here is Our Lady of Victory. Um, the odds were against the Christians, um, in every way, but they were successful. You can read this book, and it'll even mention it. Why? Because the second bishop of Mexico City was a Dominican. I tell you, those Dominicans are everywhere. The, uh, 
the second bishop of Mexico was a Dominican, and he heard about this problem in Europe with the uh, Muslim Turks. So he had an artist paint a copy of Our Lady Guadalupe, and then he blessed the image, touched the image to the original, and then sent it UPS over to uh, Europe. The, um, the, uh, it got there just in time, and Don Juan, uh, who was the admiral, he put it in his own personal room. On the morning of October 7th, when they went into battle, the, the, the one fleet against the other, he took Our Lady's picture, put it right in front. The first face those Turks saw was Our Lady's face. And it was, uh, it was a uh, tremendous victory. The only thing is that the, uh, our, this is the traditional statue of Our Lady of Victory, and I love it. But that really is the one who should get credit in Mexico. Mexico sent that over. Nope. It's, again, it's in here at the back. Um, so uh, I really think you ought to get that and take a look at it. Page 11, the first communions are starting. We're, we're going to get them out of the way April, May, June, July. After July, no more. Why, why so many months? Because uh, parents have to deal with crazy schedules. Oh, Grandma's not going to come in until the end of June. Or if, if we have... First communions on one or two days, a lot of people say we can't come, or Grandma won't be there, or whatever. So um, um, we're starting those, and then at the bottom, um, we're starting these confirmation certificates. First communion, the kids who made their first communion last November, December, or before that time, the um, the kids who were confirmed last fall or before that time. If they want to get their certificates, they can wait after those masses, and I'll give them their certificate. They just come on up here to the front um, with mom or dad, and if we have uh, one, two, five, or six, it doesn't matter. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to them and see how they're doing. You know, are you are you saying your prayers? Have you gotten those prayers memorized? Are you helping mom and dad around the house? See, I mean, these are the kind of questions. Who's going to ask those questions? Um, I know what you're thinking, the NSA. But anyway, later on, they'll ask those questions. Um, are you going to Mass every Sunday? Do you go to confession? You know, some kids go to confession just for their first communion, and after that, they stop going. You know why? I never do anything wrong. Yeah, sure. Um, so anyway, it's, it's extra work for me. But we've got to support our parents, and we've got to support these young men and women. Um, the last page there, you can see that uh, the uh, Knights of Columbus had the Oktoberfest coming up. Friends, so much charity is done in Hunt County through the Knights of Columbus. I'm not going to list it all because we don't have that much time. Please support this by going to the, uh, to the Mayfest and then uh, inviting your friends, maybe giving your friends tickets. The, uh, they have another one sometime later in the year. Um, um, uh, I forget which month it is, but it's called Oktoberfest. Um, <coughs> anyway, and also I've got a newsflash, two, two items for a newsflash. Uh, the Pope's document, which came out a couple of weeks ago. There's a priest who has a blog, Father Z, the letter Z, F-R and the letter Z. 
last week, I think it was Wednesday, it could be Thursday, um, but he, he, um, he knows some experts in Rome because he was trained in Rome. And um, the Pope's document that was published a couple of weeks ago, it's not the final document. It's kind of like um, when they release new software, they have a beta version before they come out with the final version. They get, they get all the patches in and um, they put all the stuff in that needs to go in and take all the stuff out that needs to come out. And then they, then they call it the final version and charge you double. Friends, that's where, that's where we are with this document. Um, there's a lot of huffing and puffing and I think some of it is deserved. You know, it's almost 300 pages. That's three times this. 300 pages, and by the, by the time they get through with the final version, how do we know the final version isn't out? It's in Latin, and it's not out yet. Because they're still putting stuff in and taking stuff out. be interesting to see what it comes... In the end, it'll probably just be, never mind. Um, and, and then nobody will make any of the corrections. Um, and then last week... Um, uh, some friends of mine with the St. Thomas More Society, it's a group of Catholic lawyers and Catholic judges in Dallas. For months now, they've been fighting a case. You see, uh, months ago, the, somebody wanted to have a convention in Dallas at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center. It's really big. It's about three miles from where I used to live, you know, the other side of the highway from the zoo at Blessed Sacrament. So it's right in my old neighborhood. I mean, across the Trinity River. Um, what was the convention that they wanted to have in Dallas? A pornography convention. Yeah. We, we can't get enough sewage into Dallas, Texas. We, we need to bring a convention like that in. Months ago, Tom Brandt, Frank Valenzuela, and some others, they started fighting it. And they started, the court dates started lining up in our favor. February 2nd, that's 40 days after Christmas, the Feast of the Presentation in the Temple. Very special day for Our Lady. February the 11th, Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. Very special day for Our Lady. Last Thursday, the day before, the first full day of the conquest of Mexico, they had a hearing. The judge, the, uh, the judge uh, settled the case against the convention. So we won. You, you're never going to hear about such good news. So this is great good news for us um, here in Texas. Uh, please pray for those people I just mentioned. You don't need to know their names again. But you think they're not under attack? Yeah, they really are. It was amazing to hear some of the stories. Um, I'm talking about spiritual attack. The other kind of attack, too. But spiritual attack. But most people would just roll over. Most Catholics would just roll over and say, what can we do? <clears throat> I mean, because look, I mean, the things are going terribly. You know, if you're trying to bake a cake or take pictures, you know, and you have a conscience, you know, there you go. Anyway. Okay. Sorry for the long announcements. From the gospel today, Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, love one another, as I have loved you. In the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit. Friends, in Greenville, Texas, there are a hundred churches, hundred Christian churches. There's one Catholic church and the other 99 are Protestant churches. 
we often fall into the uh, into the error that um, the Protestant churches are united. Oh no, there are probably some repeats in that uh, 99, but most of those 99 are not repeats. The Protestants don't agree with each other. But when we ever talk about, we, we usually talk about the Catholics and the Protestants. Um, over the years, when I've had funerals or weddings, and people come to church here and they see the statues, uh, it's amazing how often um, people will bring up the same old stuff. Um, especially, I find it true among the senior citizens. The, um, um, you know, there's a commandment against that. You know, the first commandment, I am the Lord your God. You shall not have strange gods before me. Because that's how you're supposed to say God, right? When you're talking to a microphone. Yeah, they, they quote that one. There's only one problem. The, uh, the same way they look at the pictures of their kids and grandkids on the cell phone, that's how we look at these statues. No differently. We don't worship statues. From uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it came out in 1992. Uh, uh, you, they've got a beautiful index at the back, and they could look up images or statues. Ask your, ask your Catholic friends. Some Catholics actually think we worship statues. Uh, no. Um, the... Um, but some, a lot of Protestants think we worship statues. No, we don't. They're just like pictures of your loved ones on your phone or in your hallway um, or on your desk, right? But if, if we do worship statues, couldn't they find it here? You know, you're a Catholic. You need, have you worshipped your statues today? Um, it's not there. So Catholics try to make connections. Uh, um, even though they are non-Catholic Christians, they are our Christian brothers and sisters. We don't have to be antagonistic, but say, can you find in here where it says that uh, we worship statues? It's not there. And then remind them of, you know, that's the first commandment. You know, you shall not, uh, I'm the Lord your God, you shall have no strange gods before me. There's another commandment, I think it's commandment eight. Um, you shall not bear false witness. So, people walking around saying this stuff, there's a commandment. Oh, commandment number one is important. Skip the other. Making connections can really get you um, to get the other person to start thinking. Maybe. Maybe. And that's the kind of thing I was thinking about today with, uh, with this gospel. Friends, there are... It is so hard today to discuss, say, the, the ten top cultural items of today. Because you could be talking to Christians, and because it's their favorite thing, this one or that one or this one or that one, um, they're not going to lead with their Christian principles. They're going to lead with their favorite cause here or their favorite cause there. You notice how I'm being very vague about which ones they are. You know why? Um, I'm chicken. Why do you think I wear so many clothes? Um, it's to hide the feathers. Now, like Abbott and Costello, nobody here but us chickens. Now, I could name off all ten of the top ones, and you'd recognize them. But I'm not going to do that, because if you don't know them, I could mention them, and you would still be in the dark. But you know them. Um, and here, friends, here in today's gospel, 
is one line that can help you address these with your fellow Catholic Christians and your fellow Christians who are non-Catholic. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. It's that simple. When we, um, when we talk to people about these ten items that are kind of on everybody's mind right now, they're always in the news, you get the most ridiculous answers back. You know, you talk about, uh, you talk about something, they always say, well, you know, that's not in the Bible. You know, atomic bomb is not in the Bible, so I guess atomic bombs don't exist. Tell that to the people in Japan, right? You, you tell them about, you know, you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be living like this, or you shouldn't be... You know, Jesus didn't say anything about that. As if the Bible doesn't mean anything. Jesus confirms what's in the Old Testament. He used it on Easter Sunday, on the road to Emmaus, to reveal himself to those who were walking on the road to Emmaus. So we have a really hard job when we're just trying to, trying to talk about our Christian faith. You know, last Sunday I mentioned what, what you hear on Catholic Radio all the time. You know, they say, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Just another reason why I hate Catholic Radio. Because it makes you think, yeah, I am baptized, and I have to be a missionary. Parents, you are missionaries to your kids, your brothers and sisters, your grandkids. You know what usually happens to, to missionaries? Uh, usually have their hand bitten off. Yeah. Oh, thank you, dear mother. Thank you, dear father, for correcting me in my error. Uh, I had no idea that uh, Jesus taught that through his Catholic church. We will change our lives. You know what happens next? You wake up. It was a dream. Right? How dare you? You were always like this when I was growing up. Isn't that going to be more like it? <laughs> so, how can, how can we use this gospel? Um, uh, how can we use this gospel to help people who are Christian? They, they claim to be Christian, to live as Christians. Um, we start helping them to understand how Jesus says, This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. When I was in grade school, toward the end of grade school, we started reading Greek and Roman mythology. Uh, I bet they still do today. But you know, you had to learn the Greek name and the Roman name for the gods and goddesses. You know, there was Zeus in Greek, and then there was Jupiter in the Roman. Um, remember what they were always doing? The, the gods were always up there on Mount Olympus, and they were looking down on the world and they were messing with the world. Zeus was always going down to earth. He'd find the prettiest girl and he would take her. Um, he was always lusting after the women of earth. And then, of course, she would uh, have a baby and then his name would be Hercules. Right? Hercules, uh, um, famous son of Zeus. But, but think about it. Has, has he ever lusted after you or me? Well, see, that tells me that I can't lust after anybody. You can't either. Well, that's not in the Bible. Yeah, it's right here. It's right here. 
Love one another as I have loved you. See, lusting after someone is making someone else an object. And it's not just the sexual. It can be other things. But it, it does apply to the sexual aspects of being a human being. You know, when, when you gossip about someone, you're making that individual into an object. Isn't that what Pharaoh did in Egypt? Oh, look, I need these pyramids built, or I need those cities built. I'll just make the Jews objects, make them slaves, and they can do it. We're not slaves. We're not objects. We're persons. So, to love one another as I have loved you. Think of how, if we, if we use this new commandment, it's like that uh, story in Greek mythology when um, there was the, this huge knot and there was, a, there was a question, a life or death question. You had to solve the knot, untie the knot in one stroke or you would die. And uh, Perseus took his sword and he cut this, the, the knot in half. Yeah, and the sphinx jumped off the cliff. Um, the... Um, if you want to solve the knotted problems, you cannot even talk to other Christians anymore. Um, because, well, the catechism, well, that's just you Catholics. Um, you talk to Catholics and they say, well, uh, the Pope's new document says differently. Some, some garbage like that. Friends, uh, think of it. If... Um, if Jesus never makes me an object, never makes you an object, I can't make you an object, you can't make yourself an object. It's my body, I can do with it as I... see. Right? You, we've all heard that one. Uh, don't think of it merely on the level of sexuality. Think of it touching every aspect of your life. And all of a sudden, he gives us the short version. Oh, we can, we can dig into the long version. But aren't we kind of like Goldilocks? You know, this is too hard. This is too soft. This is too hot. This is too cold. This is too long. This is too short. Um, friends, we really have to, uh, we really have to see um, how easily we can turn people um, into objects. I'm not speaking to him anymore. Uh, your brother, your sister, um, you know, your spouse... What's, what's that about? Um, we have to recognize that right before our eyes is a profound mystery because Jesus loves us in such a way um, that guides us how we should love each other. Oh, and by the way, how long did he love us? He loved us to the end. So um, how, how should I love other people? Well, just give them, give them a chance, maybe a year or two, and after that, cut them off. What? Jesus loves us to the end. He, he, he drew his last breath, and it was a last breath of love for me and you. I don't like this. I really don't. It really throws a wrench into so many things with which I am comfortable. Probably the same for you. But when you parents are trying to teach your children about how they should live as Christians, you're going to get opposition. Sooner or later, you're going to get opposition. Or your brothers and sisters, or friends at work, or fellow Christians. Friends, here is a way where you can address it and address it beautifully. 
Um, you can always use this as a backup because this is full of scripture. Very succinct, very short passages. But this, you can't get better than this right here. Jesus says, um, um, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.